Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. In California, the manager of a car dealership contacted police and described a scary situation. An employee allegedly had confided to a coworker that if he was fired from his job, he would shoot his supervisor and other employees, though he would warn the coworker in advance so the coworker could escape. Thanks to the red flag law that California enacted in 2014, the police could take action in this case right away without having to charge the employee with a crime. The cops obtained a court order and the next day seized five firearms. The court subsequently issued another order, allowing authorities to hold on to the weapons for a year. That case, described in an article by University of California Davis researchers that was published in August of 2019 in the journal Annals of Internal Medicine, is an example of what many advocate as a way to prevent the mass shootings that have increasingly plagued the United States. Red flag laws are designed to give authorities a way to intervene and take guns away from a person who's perceived as a possible threat. They can do that even if the person doesn't have a criminal record or a history of being institutionalized for mental illness or other factors that might show up in the federal instant background check system and prevent the person from buying a gun from a dealer in the first place. The problem is that loopholes and omissions in state records submitted to the background check system have often enabled people who went on to become mass shooters to obtain guns, even when they should have been disqualified. We spoke with Jeffrey Swanson, a professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Duke University School of Medicine. He said, We focus all this attention on the point of sale, upon people who have felony criminal record or mental health record. Those rules are too narrow and too broad. They identify lots of people because they had an involuntary commitment 25 years ago and wouldn't hurt anybody, and they also fail to identify people who do pose a risk. We also spoke with Daniel J. Flannery, director of the Begun Center for Violence Prevention Research and Education at Case Western Reserve University. He said, This is about putting protocols in place so that when an individual is identified as potentially being a threat to themselves or other people, police and courts would have the authority to remove firearms. According to Flannery, red flag laws try to strike a middle ground between protecting public safety and individual rights. A person who's flagged isn't arrested or charged with a crime, and authorities have to be able to convince a judge that them having guns poses a risk and the person has an opportunity to get the weapons back at some point. Flannery said, there's a due process to that so that it's not automatic and not permanent. So far, red flag laws have been enacted by 17 states plus the District of Columbia. In Florida, where a red flag law was enacted in 2018 in the wake of the Marjory Stoneman Douglas High School shooting, authorities have utilized it to take guns away from more than 2,000 people. Red flag laws have attracted some strong public support, A Washington Post and ABC News poll conducted in early of September 2019, for example, found that 86% of Americans supported allowing the police to take guns away from people whom a judge finds dangerous. That included 94% of Democrats, 85% of Republicans, and 82% of independents polled. This August, even President Donald Trump, who otherwise mostly has been an opponent of gun control, indicated his support for red flag laws. On the other side, the National Rifle Association's website criticizes existing red flag laws as violating gun owners' Second Amendment rights. Civil rights and Second Amendment advocates that are against red flag laws say the seizures of these individuals' weapons is a violation of the U.S. Constitution's guarantee to due process, which means the people should have the right to argue their case in court before their guns are taken, not after. 
And whether or not red flag laws do much to prevent mass shootings is a difficult question to answer. The study we mentioned at the top of this episode, conducted by the UC Davis researchers, cited 21 cases in California in which a court issued an order to seize guns, quote, after the subject of the order had made a clear declaration of intent to commit a mass shooting or had exhibited behavior suggesting such an intent. But it's not really possible to prove conclusively that any of the individuals actually would have committed such an act. Swanson wrote in a Washington Post opinion piece that red flag laws aren't necessarily going to prevent killings by mass shooters, except in instances in which an alert citizen notices that an angry young man is amassing an arsenal. Nevertheless, Swanson supports such laws because he and other researchers have found strong evidence that they reduce another sort of gun violence that cumulatively inflicts a much higher death toll, suicide by firearm. In 2017, he and colleagues calculated that for every 20 guns seized through a red flag law, one suicide is prevented. Preventing people with the potential to develop suicidal ideation from getting guns does save lives, because research shows that people who attempt suicide by other methods end up surviving 80 to 90% of the time. But with a gun, they're effective at killing themselves almost all of the time. Swanson said, from the picture of public health, that's a good enough reason for red flag laws. Today's episode was written by Patrick J. Kiger and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other topics, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.